You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Dude, I forgot to tell you about my writing technique. Did I tell you about this? Oh, the one where you're screaming around in here? Did I talk about this on the last episode? Absolutely. I did? Yeah. Yeah. Because you because you were writing before we started uh Oh, before we started the last episode. You were, you were writing that day, and you were like, I have a new thing, and obviously we hung out here, so... It, it works. Did you get any of the lyrics I sent you today? I haven't looked at my phone today, except for directions. I, I emailed... For directions to the nearest Ace Hardware, because I forgot one damn 1900 box. Well, I, I finalized the lyrics to... Um, the song formerly known as Camel Toe. Should we go on? Yeah, I mean, we're recording. Oh, oh, good. Yeah. Fuck me right um, the, as The song formerly known as Camel Toe, which has actually been changed to What Do I Know? Oh, good. Is, is what I've been calling it. But I think we're still going to call it Camel Toe on set lists probably forever. Yeah. There's a song like that in the Staggers for sure. Is there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember we talked actually, about the song "Life and Times" is, Life, ne- is never written like it is on the set list. What is "Life and Times" called on the set list? I can't tell you. Oh come on! Can't tell you why? Well, I can tell you, just not here. Oh, is it a bad joke? No, it's it's uh, just very it's heartfelt. I'll tell you all about it later. Oh, okay. All right. I'm booping anyway. Hi there! That's an official start, motherfucker. We're like this all the time. Welcome to the motherfucking podcast. Yeah. The official podcast of the rock combo motherfucking ruckus from Denver and Chicago, respectively. I don't know. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Tony Lee. And thank you for listening, you guys. We're on episode number 30, motherfucking five. 35. 35 episodes. Man, like... So do we get to quit at 100, or do we, like, have to keep going once we get to 100? I thought after 20, we had to keep going. I thought after 10, I, th- I thought, man, this ain't going to go away. Yeah. Yeah, like, now now if we stop doing it, a couple people would be like, what happened to that thing you guys used to do? Well, and even when I moved to Chicago, we're set up for doing it while I live over there. That's right. That's all you talk about. So that's that's pro- all you talk about is going back to Chicago. <laughs> well, if you love Chicago so much, why don't you marry it? You got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks to the patrons for making this shit happen. Um, I dropped some stuff on the... Did you get any Patreon notifications today yep. since you're one of our patrons? Yes. Did you see the lyrics that I dropped on there? Nope. So to, I saw that I got an email from Patreon. So today went back to work. Today on Patreon, I dropped, I dropped next week's Motherfucking Monday video. And uh, I dropped the final lyrics for Camel Toe, a.k.a. What Do I Know? What Do I Know? What Do I Know? What do I know? Um, along with the the rough mix of like the instrumental, and I dropped uh, which one? Oh, the front lines of good times. I, I finalized the front lines of good times today, day Ooh. before I go into the studio. Yeah, no kidding. That's how I like to work. 
And so I like, dude, everybody who gets that, there's nothing in the middle still, right? Dude, I find. Okay, so I like, everybody who got that, is, there's nothing in the middle of that song. It's just ties. Oh, no, there's, no, 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 there's, there's a part. Okay. Yeah, I wrote it. Like, like, uh, I, basically there's going to be like a little speech thing a la, uh, Valiant himself, um, Angry Anderson from Rose Tattoo, uh, Udo from fucking Accept, you know, kind of like, brothers and sisters, round your head, you know. We're playing that song tonight. Yep. You're going to get to hear it rehearsal tonight. But I, I dropped those lyrics along with uh, the rough mixes for the patrons to hear. And uh, and I, I'm getting some good feedback on them, so I'm excited to go into the studio tomorrow and record them. Absolutely, man. I'm excited for you to go to the studio. Are you done completely? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Until, until your words come in and I can actually hear it in context fully to see if some things need to be changed. I think it's going to be very cool, but I'm going to hate it. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Every record, you know. You're going to hate every record until, what, it's 10 years old? <laughs> once, once, once you haven't heard it for at least a decade? Yeah, and then I think, a, I, think once it's, anything. I think once it's 20 years old, you're embarrassed by it. <laughs> I think that's what happens. It's like... You write it, and you're super excited about it, and you're like, this expresses my identity completely! And then, like, and then, like, a year later, you're sick of playing it, but you have to play it because in your mind, it's like, oh, that's one of our fan favorites, which it's only your fan favorite because you haven't stopped playing it for a year straight. <laughs> and you th- and only and because the band think it is, thinks it is. Right. And, then you, really start, and then you start writing no new stuff, and it falls off the set list, for no good reason, yeah. other than you stopped rehearsing it in lieu of playing no, you, you, older stuff. You have to fit it in. Stuff. It, you have to fit it into the same like general set list time. Right. And so you, one gets bumped out. Right. And then it just gets further and, and further and to the outer edges of your repertoire. And it's either the band's opinion of what the weakest song is or what the band's opinion of what they think the opinion of the audience. Other, or what <laughs> they think, think the opinion song. of the other guys in the bands the, uh, of the band is. You know what I mean? Or it's one of those things that... There's that, like, Curse of the Artist thing. So, wait a minute. We're getting a new song in. What song's going out? We're just going to have to play longer sets. Oh, checkmate. Dude, this is this Fucking is the checkmate, thing. Checkmate, bro. This is one of my pet peeves with the band, is I feel like we are pretty hesitant to pick something from the outer rings of our catalog. You know what I mean? I feel like we've got our 30 or so songs that were like, these are the ones we could play if you held a gun to our head. And about a quarter of those we feel really, or probably about half of those we feel really, really good about. But we don't really venture outside of that fucking cloud of... They just didn't make it, man. <laughs> they, they just, just didn't, didn't make, make it. it. It's like, don't take it personally. Yeah. Set the cream rises to the top and shit don't float. But, but. I'm sorry, what, WTHQ. Dude, You're just not. Good but what we anymore. think, what we get tired of playing, other people still. Like, imagine if you went and saw Alice Cooper and he didn't play No More Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, that's okay. You know what I Of course, WTHQ is hardly. 
<laughs> no more. <laughs> it's I like, like that song, dude. I like. I love it when you hear bands like you'll hear some. Uh, you, you'll you'll hear some uh, like guy in like a anal cunt sounding band like we were talking about in some like did like death power violence fucking like brutal offensive noise band noise metal band he'll he'll make some quote on Facebook that's like hey man the Beatles weren't famous overnight you know <laughs> <laughs> like it's like that is not even an accurate comparison you're con- <laughs> anyway so then ten years down the line. Ten years down the line, after you put a song out, you get you get sick. It, it basically is completely gone to the outer edges. And once in a while, you hear it and you go, "Hey, you know what? I kind of like that song." And then it you keep talking about playing it for another ten years, and then you become embarrassed by it at year twenty. Hmm. I think that is the lifeline of any song, unless you become a band that writes. It. Now, this is the downside of becoming a hit writer. Like you look at someone who writes who writes a hit, and they are married to that song forever. They like it's almost like in their contract that they have to play it for the rest of time, or like people will boo them and throw stuff at them. Like if Queen didn't play Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah, that's like that's why we don't write hits. You know, we just don't want to you know give away ownership to anybody. So anytime we write like a truly amazing song, we're like we need to make this shittier. We need to make this shittier because this is going to become the next fucking Stairway to Heaven or the next Bohemian Rhapsody or the next Hard you, Day's when, Night when do you, where, when where, internet trolls, where internet trolls go, I'm just going to say it. I don't like Queen. I'm just going to say it. I like the Beatles. I'm just going to say it. Led Zeppelin sucks. Really? They suck? Led Zeppelin sucks? <laughs> You know what sucks? It's Greta Von Fleet. Greta Van Fleet just sounds like Led Zeppelin. But Led Zeppelin's fucking awesome. And these are a bunch of young guys who play music that sounds like a fucking awesome band. They're not reinventing the wheel, but they're making kick-ass music. Leave them the fuck alone, dude. Yeah. Leave them the fuck alone. In this chapter of Leave Them the Fuck Alone... This week on Leave Them the Fuck Alone. <laughs> That's going to be a new segment on the show, Tony. Leave Them the Fuck Alone. I'm making a note of that right now. Leave Them. Oh, speaking of Bohemian Rhapsody, tell me about, uh, tell me about the tell movie. About Spoilers ahead, by the way. Spoilers ahead, you think? Spoilers ahead. If people don't, if right, you don't want to hear spo- any spoilers, spoilers all right. if Spoiler you don't want to hear any spoilers, fucking skip through the next couple minutes yeah. of this podcast. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, not like there's going to be start, any spoilers with, start, in a fucking biopic. Freddie Mercury dies in the end. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a bomb drop. He gets killed in a bank heist. <laughs> yeah, it's an Emily Shyamalan movie. <laughs> He's on his deathbed with, with, uh, with AIDS, just... One more heist, kid. One more heist before I go. One more heist. And then they're trying to escape. The, the thing is, the way he died, actually, was um, their escape vehicle, instead of getting a fast-ass car, they just got a bunch of fucking bicycles. <laughs> and the cops didn't see him at first, but they were approaching the bank, and and off like to the east, kind of within earshot, they heard, Get on your bikes and ride! <laughs> I'm the loudest gang leader of all time. 
yeah, so tell me about the movie. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. Yeah. Okay. The way you were making it sound before we started recording was that it was much less than six out of ten. Oh, really? Yeah, you no. were making it sound like a four out of ten. So point, six, F, F so points, six yeah. out of ten is yeah. not good in your estimation. No, like I don't know about you, but when I'm like on Amazon, like when I'm on my Fire Stick, if it's if it's got a rating of of lower than seven, if it's six point nine or lower, I give it a serious second thought about putting it on. Really? Yeah. How do you think this would rate on on like an Amazon rating thing to people? I don't know. I have no idea. People do give way too much credit to nostalgia, so it would probably be a little higher. I've heard a lot of good reviews about the movie coming out. What did you What did you think about it? Uh, I thought it was pretty cheeseball, but it's it's supposed to be right, you know. And and uh, Queen, as much as I love them, is incredibly cheeseball. Yeah, but the way they. Like, they're called Queen, and they are the most British, 70s, flamboyant band of their time. The way they wrote band of the their band time. meeting, or, like, how, how they came to be and how they came to meet each other, right. was just cringingly fucking cheese dick. You like, know? how so? They're, they're just, like, playing at a high school thing, and Freddie Mercury walks up after the show and said, you guys are great. And he's like, well, we need a new lead singer. And then he, like, fucking, he's, he's, he's like, well, I'm a singer. And they fucking tell him to go fuck off. He walks away two steps and then turns around and starts singing, you know? <laughs> and, like, and they start singing in harmony right away. And then he just walks away. And it's like, call me, you know? <laughs> what? Yeah, it was fucking cheese dick. That's a real thing? that ha- Did that happen in real life? I don't know. Because I can't think of any reason they would do it that over-the-toply, like, silly and theatrical unless it was something that they did. Yeah, and they don't talk about really— We'll have to look it up. They don't, they don't talk about their upbringing very much. You know, like, when you, when you see the, char- the characters, they're like— I It's th- more about the making of Bohemian Rhapsody? It's more about the rise of Freddie Mercury as a star and dying. But I, I read a lot about it before I went to go see it, and there was this big struggle between Queen wanting to write the movie and then and 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 then uh, film writers write writing the movie, you know, trying to put the Hollywood spin on it. And so there was this big tug of war going on between them. And Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be the first one to play Freddie Mercury. I heard that, and, and he his, was and he his, had conflict with Brian May, from what I right. heard. Right, and uh, his, the screenwriter was his buddy, who like basically wrote the script and. Queen, Brian May especially, was kind of button heads with them, so Sasha Baron Cohen dropped out of it, and the screenwriter came with, movie was dead. Huh. And, and then, like, another fucking schmuck came in and went to go do it, and then Brian May and them got along, apparently, and made the movie, because clearly it's out, but it was, uh, you could, you can tell that in some points they wanted, like, they should have focused on, like, the upbringing, or, and another thing, Brian May is a part of this movie, didn't go into a single bit about his fucking guitar tone. Not one <laughs> single bit. And that's one of my, that, that, that dropped two points for me right there. Fucking Are you being serious? I'm being very You're serious. You're like, man, I thought they were going to talk about Brian May's guitar tone at least a little bit. <laughs> at least a little bit. Like, the only thing they did was, like, the camera went by a bunch of Vox amps. But it's, I'm talking but about how more, much more about can his- you really tell in a dramatization of the life of Queen in an hour and a half? If you brought up a montage of these guys growing up, you'd see fucking Brian May in a in a classroom learning astrophysics, and then like in a garage soldering fucking motherboards together to make new fucking pedals that never existed before. 
That is a pretty amazing. Yeah, he's a fucking super smart dude, and they don't mention a lick of it. Yeah. They're just like, one guy's a dentist, and one guy's a fucking astrophysicist. But, you know. I didn't know Brian May was an astrophysicist. Yeah, he definitely, yeah. Really? That's that's pretty well known. Really? Yeah. That's cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Didn't mention it once, and he's the one that made the movie, and there's people around him that are trying to that oh, that band, like Freddie Mercury, was just such a like iconic being. Yeah, that like he just overshadowed every dude in that band, and every dude in that band was so good. Was so good. Yeah, everybody could sing very well. Everybody could play their asses off, and f- every one of them wrote. Every one of them. Wrote. Every one of dude. But they would have rewrites, I guess. Dude, Queen you know? is is honestly the inspiration behind. Kind of my insistence in the last couple of years that everybody in the band write. Like yeah. I, I watched, I watched a documentary about Queen, about I think it was about uh, Night at the Opera. It was like yeah. a, a, a classic albums or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And they're talking about the process of making that, and I was just blown away. That's how, a big part of the movie. That's a big montage. That's kind scene. of what it's about. That's kind of like the narrative device that no, it surrounds. That, that's that's. In more in the beginning than it is in the end. It's, right. It's, it's more towards the middle beginning, you know. And they didn't talk about his uh, uh, Freddie Mercury's upbringing in Zanzibar and all no, that shit. No, they, he, his folks are there. I mean, like his dad doesn't like him and doesn't accept him until like the very end, you know. And uh, I don't even know if that was true. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I don't know if that you was see, true. That's what I'm telling you. This movie was kind of. I, wa- I watched a documentary about Freddie Mercury and. From what I understood, he had a he had a really like happy upbringing. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong, but they, then again, they did, they did a great job capturing like walking onto a stage and seeing a big crowd because they would have like shots over the shoulder, like opening the thing, and it would be like Wembley Stadium or right. what have you, you know. And uh, that was really cool. They made that look really good. There, there, uh, there will never be another band like that, man. And Not it's un, it's oh, and, and that's the thing is when you're trying to make a biopic about a band with just such a huge mythology surrounding them, it'd be like trying to make a 90 minute movie about the Beatles. Maybe that's why they left or all the stuff Led Zeppelin. Out. That's why they left all the stuff out that I wanted Dude, there's, to see. They left it, the mystique there. Yeah, I mean, because I still love Queen, but that movie, uh, yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to tell the story that. A cross-section of Queen fans could relate to yeah. is what I imagine. They, they, it's, it, the movie is they got together, they put out a record, and uh, got a hit out of it, got signed right, right the fuck away, and went on tours, and then Freddie Mercury gets into drugs and becomes uh, becomes gay, by the way. Cause he, like, it's kind of how they put it. Like He's he's married, and then and he was married, you know? Or but they, 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 they played it off like he became yeah, gay? Yeah, like he, not he's like, just, like he's he just, like, partying on the road, and he's on the phone with his wife, and, like, this dude walks into the truck stop bathroom, and you just see Freddie Mercury like, huh. And hang, <laughs> I'll see you later, and hangs up the phone and just, like, slowly walks into the men's room, and that's the end of that scene. Oh, you know? my God. I guess That's how it. they explained it? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. I thought it was pretty bad. Dude, it's, dude, sexuality, <laughs> it, like someone like Freddie Mercury or <laughs> someone like David Bowie or someone like Mick Jagger, 
Those guys are like a fucking Geiger counter on the sexual <laughs> spectrum, man. Just whipping around, dude. They they are just sexual beings, man. And Freddie probably wanted to fuck everything his entire life. You know what I mean? But gay culture in the 70s was starting to become like a really big thing and people had to like draw these fucking black and white lines and yeah. and and the like the the spectrum theory of sexuality which was already developed by that point yeah, fucking Kinsey had already developed that by that point you know what i mean and and had given that information to the world and people still just thought it was this thing like Oh man, then this dude fucking kissed another dude and it, it fucking turned him gay, man. There's a lot of boy kissing in that movie. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's probably a lot of fucking in that movie. No. No. It's PG thirteen, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Well yeah. boy, they it's didn't a have a PG thirteen life. No. No. No, you you see a lot of cocaine dust on tape. Have you ever seen no, but nobody really doing any cocaine? Do you know Freddie Mercury used to fucking party with Princess Diana? I know. Well, just from that movie, like there's a show where she came to she came to one of their shows. No, no, no. Freddie Mercury, like, and Princess Diana would like hole up in a hotel room and fucking party and do blow and get wasted and hang out. And she'd be like, I don't want to go back to the palace. She'd like be hiding out from like Prince Charles and the queen and shit. They like, don't mention any of that. Did not want to be there, dude. And oh. Freddie Mercury would just be like, you just hang out here with me as long as you need to, girl. I'll take good care of you. <laughs> and they'd just fucking rage. And like wow. people from Scotland Yard would be like, princess, please come back to the palace. Because <laughs> she's partying with fucking Freddie Mercury, dude. Are you sure yeah. about that? Dude, that's that's that's, that's documented one. stuff, man. Anyway. They, they fucking love Queen. They, love they Freddie do a Mercury. long thing on them at Live Live Aid. Like the show. Oh, that's cool. That was, that was like it was big his big build up and that was the big climax of the movie, you know. But still, they have live footage and live audio of Queen doing Live Aid. Like they have the real no, 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 they no, use not the real the, audio. Not in the movie. Just like they have the movie version. And they and Queen and Live Aid have that that video that documented. It's just it's cool. They do everything in the Hollywood Hollywood's magic powers they can do to make it make it really fucking cool. But still, not nearly as cool as seeing the video of it. I can't even imagine what it would look like live. Right, right. What's your favorite Queen live movie uh, video that you've watched? The live one? Yeah, uh, I think it's seventy six or something. Is that the Live in Montro one or no? It's before that, I think. It's such good shit, man. Uh, this is the one where they're. It's I want to say it's seventy six. It might be their like live record that that goes with it, and all all it is like the whole stage is just four four kind of disco colored lights that like go down at one point and then come back up, and there's just fog everywhere. That's all the kind of theatrical show they have. Besides Freddie Mercury being himself and dressing yeah, yeah. like like a madman. There was nothing for the show except for just fog and oh, dude, and they fucking rocked. They just play their asses off, man. Yeah, they're they, really they, good. they have that they have that interlude when they do Bohemian Rhapsody, which is such a brilliant idea, by the way. Instead of doing an encore, they have a section in their song that's like an overture. Yeah, or uh, and and they they have the beginning and they leave the stage and let that like famous fucking 
piece play, and then they come out and they do the rest of their show. That's a fucking brilliant production idea. Yeah. We should bite that. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we should absolutely. Well, enough about Queen. Uh, let's see. Oh, speaking about biting shit, um, the band that I'm in in Southern California, uh, the new wave of British heavy metal band uh, Monolith that I play for, uh, we did some gigs a couple weeks ago, and it was super fun. Yeah? Yeah. San Diego-y? Yeah. And I say biting because, like, we bite so much, like, British speed metal, like, classic style, dude. Like, oh, I, I know. It's a fun band. When uh, me and Logan wrote Satanatron, we uh, we ripped off Iron Maiden in the same way. Right, right, right. It's not. It's not any of their songs, but it's very in the style of. It's like a di- like when you when you get one of those DVDs that's like learn to play electric guitar no, it, in it, the style of yeah ACDC yeah it's in the style of because uh, we just we did that Iron Maiden tribute before that so we've learned a shit ton of Iron Maiden songs right and for me personally it's not really even as much as the way it sounds as much as the way it feels in your hands because everything they play is super fucking comfortable it's all about patterns. With like no, yeah, p- patterns, but like the the way some chord changes are and the way your picking pattern is, all of theirs is very comfortable. You can do it when you're eighty years old for sure. Well it's like like one way that I've I've often described that style of song structure is it's very much like creating a line of tricks and skateboarding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like basically it's like, all right, I'm going to take these patterns. And I'm going to fit them together in these sections and fucking just kind of like it's like, here's this riff this many times into this riff this many times into this riff this many times. Now you're starting to get how a lead guitar player thinks. (laughs) (laughs) How do you write that solo? It's the same fucking six shit I've been doing. Every time. It's dude. It's like six things and it's the same things over and over. You're really good at Mega Man, aren't you? Uh, Mega Man 2. Are you really good at Tetris? Uh, I don't know. Well, that's why you're really good at video games. We'll just say that. Like, you're good at pattern recognition and, like, fucking grouping patterns together. That's what, I mean, that's what most new wave of British heavy metal, like, classic heavy metal stuff is. So, yeah, I went out. That's fun. Now, that's fun. I went out and did did some gigs with Monolith in California. Yeah, how was it? Dude, it was really cool. It was really, really cool. Um, it was nice. I stayed with Doug in San Marcos, and it was, like, right by a horse farm, and it's kind of just out in a very peaceful area near San Diego. And and the shows were really cool. Like, because I haven't done a gig with Monolith in, oh, God, over a year. Yeah. I filled in once since I left the band for that uh, Black Pussy gig. I saw the video. Dude, it was just really fun, and both of the shows had great crowds. Like, people people came out to see us, man. Like, yeah. it was really neat. Uh, we did a Metallica song. And, yeah, which one? Uh, we did Hit the Lights. Cool. And I had to Hit write the, the lights, lyrics lights, down lights. on a— um, Did you have delay in your voice, or did you just say Hit lights? Hit the lights! No. I, here's the thing, dude. The metal scene, like the underground metal scene, is like there's so many rad bands, but it is so much like the underground punk scene. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are into it and follow it and are super into like metal bands, but they have 
Like a lot of them are at venues, especially in Southern California. There's a lot of venues where it's 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 not a high production thing in like like a proper venue. Like the show we played in LA was like in a CrossFit gym adjacent to a bar. Like you walk through the bar into this back hallway that's like this old 1800s building in downtown Los Angeles. You know what I mean? And so I didn't even know you went up to LA. Oh yeah. And so the echoes all over the place and it's fucking it's just like it sounds nasty. But people are fucking fanatics for metal, like long hair, fucking black jean vest wearing fucking metal fans, dude. It's a good look. Yeah, dude, they love it. And they're excited about their metal bands. When we, dude, North County, San Diego especially, has probably the coolest rock and metal scene I've, I've seen around the country, besides ours. We have a pretty sweet rock and metal scene. Denver? Yeah, but North County, San Diego is like this. This small but fanatic group of like rock and metal bands that go, they go see everybody, dude. It's really fucking cool. We're gonna hear some monolith later in the episode. We're gonna do a commentary on a monolith song. And uh, one of our friends from, well, and one of our friends from the North County San Diego scene, uh, the Great Electric Quest, uh, we're gonna have them on the one for the homies shout out this week coming up at the end of the episode. Uh, you're getting ready to go to New Orleans. Sure am. Yeah. A few Tell days. me about that. Like, did you end up getting more than one gig for that, or what's up? I don't think so. I you're got, just doing the one gig in New Orleans. One gig. Is it a good gig? Oh, yeah. Yeah? What is it? Did I tell you about it? I mean, you haven't told me a lot of detail. Oh, well. Like, like I just... I'll tell you that later, too. You can't tell me on mic? I don't, I, don't th- I don't think it's a public event. It's not a public event? I don't think so. Oh. I really don't think so. Damn. And they're, you're flying you out to do this show? Oh, Dana hooked you up, didn't she? Yeah. All right. We'll, t- we'll talk off mic. Yeah. Well, but Tony's going to be in New Orleans, so if you want to hang out. Well, yeah, definitely if you want to hang out, because uh, I'm looking for some suggestions on cool, like, Creo blues bars. You should meet up with Fonts. Houston is close enough to New Orleans. He might. He's coming out uh, in January. I know he is. Yeah. He's coming out for the, which is why I think we should probably get some stuff done for that um, Hank Von Hell show. Yeah. Like, we should get some kind of new merch item going for that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, well, but so that's, that's cool. New, I'm New, jealous. New, yeah, New Orleans. Uh, I've never been there before. And, uh, all, yeah, you have. We've been to New Orleans. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. No. We didn't. We didn't. Play a show with you. I would have, but we did go to Bourbon Street. That was just before I joined the band. Was it really? Absolutely, because that was the freshest story you guys had. Didn't we go to Lafayette? And no, nope. We haven't been to New Orleans uh, to Louisiana since you joined the band. We've had plans, and it's happened with the Staggers too. Like every time I'm, I'm supposed to go down there, it's usually for music, and I've been screwed out of going down there about three times, I think. Dude, I love New Orleans. Nini lived in New Orleans. Mrs. I know she did. You never got to visit her when she was down there? She was there for six months. I missed it. I thought she'd be there for a while. Dude, I can't believe you've never been there. It's a great town, man. And I got friends who live down there, too. People who moved from Chicago. Don't jump in the Mississippi River. Okay. Yeah. I'll do my best. Because it's pretty much all the doo-doo that ever there was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Nini used to work at a bar called uh, Ramulad, I think. Ramulad? Ramulad. Yeah. uh, Ramulad. Ramulad. 
Whoa, Guess she will still work at that uh, that bar down there yeah, on the whoa, corner. Ramulade. Ramulade. Whoa, Black Betty. Ramulade. Ramulade. So, since she lived down there, she kind of told me some cool bars that are down there. And like I said, I got some friends that that I went to high school with in Chicago. Um, they live down there now, you know. Right. But none of them are like huge blues fans, you know. And I'm looking for like who's where's the Doctor Hook fucking section of this of this place, you know? The, yeah, the, the Doctor John section. Oh, Doctor John, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doctor Hook, yeah, fucking right. Yeah, I. Uh, when when I was a little kid, my I went to New Orleans when I was a little kid, and my um, my parents took me by a couple jazz clubs and let me hang out outside and listen to jazz bands playing shit like that. Holy fuck, dude! There's so many like the level it's of like, musicianship down there is preposterous. It's ludicrous. Yeah, there are so many good musicians down there. I'm, I'm really hoping to see that shit. Yeah, man. We got to play the show, and I think we're there for. Two or three days off. Like I think we fly. Two in or three days off. I think maybe two. I think we fly in like Friday. The show's on Saturday, and I think we have Sunday, Monday off. That's pretty fucking tight. So I'm gonna get drunk. That's pretty fucking tight. Listen to some of that crawfish blues, dude. Like crawfish tastes better. On Federal Boulevard. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, crawfish tastes better I, in New Orleans. It really I, does. I don't. I don't like uh, very swampy food as far as seafood. Crawfish goes. is good though, I don't dude. Really like oh, sucking down them mud bugs, boy. I go on yeah, I don't like it. Um, Maybe I'll change my mind though. Uh, speaking of gross stuff in murky water, um, gross stuff. Sarah murky and I water. went up to the Naked Hippie Hot Springs this weekend. Gross. Oh, dude, it's the most beautiful place in in. It, one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's it's like our spot. We love it there. Yeah. Fucking um, Valley View Hot Springs on the Orient Land Trust um, in Villa Grove, Colorado, which is in the San Luis Valley. It's like the Great Valley from fucking uh, Land Before Time. I just have this image in my head. <laughs> of you and Sarah setting your towels down, and you're just looking over at some other dude going, hey, neighbor, just dick swinging in the wind. Oh, dude, there are so many dicks everywhere. Yeah. Like, you see dozens of dicks, dozens like, of bushes, dozens of boobies. hey, and then everybody goes, hey, and then your dick comes up and goes, hey, and then your dick goes, hey, and then another one goes, girl. <laughs> oh, dude, they're everywhere. And um, Sarah and I were joking about being, like, in the hot dog water. And I was like, I was like, it makes me think of when I used to work for biker gyms, and we had the well of hot dogs that we could dip, <laughs> would dip into. And then I started to imagine just like a bunch of naked guys floating around in the hot dog well, just like, hey, what's going on? How's it going? And then just like plucking their wangs off and throwing them on the grill. But like, they don't mind. You know what I mean? That's what they're it's there just, for. Yeah, it's just like, whoop, thanks. <laughs> um, bye, old fella. Yeah. See you later, pal. Like. Go anytime. To, <laughs> go to feed some hungry. Yeah. Stop by anytime. Thanks, wiener man. <coughs> yeah. So, no, but dude, that's it's. That's your spot. Well, me and Sarah want to take you and Laura there. <laughs> and we, <laughs> you can wear a swimsuit. It is clothing optional. <coughs> we it is clothing. Squares. Dude, it is such a beautiful place, man. I mean, it is, it is fucking paradise. But I'm, I'm not going to take you to a naked hippie hot springs if you're not ready. But 
I'm working on something for before you leave. I'm not going to the naked hippie hospital no, no, no. with you, no, motherfucker. No. Okay. <laughs> One day, maybe I'll talk you into it. But until then. All right. No girls allowed. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, dude. It's paradise. Seriously. But... Um, uh, I did imagine you and Laura there and just imagined you getting all red-faced and giggling and being like, oh, whoa, just not knowing how to handle it when, like, wieners come just, like, floating past you and shit. I could just see you and Laura just like a couple middle-aged Midwestern tourists just like, oh, ah, oh, oh, hello, oh, 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 excuse me, oh, let me squeeze by you there. Uh, no, but... Sarah and Jesse and I and Ty. I think I'm just getting red look just thinking about it. We're talking about putting together a, a, a motherfucking family vacation before you guys go. You and we're talking Jesse about and Ty to go to the Naked Hop Spring? No, 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 no. I'm, we're talking about getting all the band members and all the wives up to and the kids up to a couple of cabins up oh, in Buena Vista. And uh, with private hot springs on the property, like, so, that, so that you guys will be naked and the rest of the band no, what the fuck are they no. Doing? I went, I went up there with my family and everyone wore bathing suits. But one of these days, I'm going to take you to the naked hippie hot springs, oh, yeah. and you're going to love it. You're going to love it. In fact, I'll bet you get used to it really quickly, and you just, you just grin and giggle the whole fucking time you're there. <laughs> I'm going to take you sometime. Anyway, so that was great. Oh, yay for me. Uh. Oh, uh, the last thing I've got on my notes here. Oh, let's skip that. You don't want to talk about it? No. You don't want to talk about your old band, Die Bastard Die? Yeah, there's no recordings of it. I wish we did have some, though. Tell me about it anyway. The band? Yeah, tell me about the band. We just had one stinking show. We, we had one show and, like... Actually, we had a bunch of this songs. Was, this was Tony's, like, power violence grind fucking noise metal band. I, think I it, dude, it I didn't just, think it was one big joke for sure. Dude, I didn't think you played anything like that ever. I figured oh, no? you were always like, like yeah. And then I was in the Stevie Ray Vaughan tribute band when I was oh. fucking to thirteen years old. Did you ever hear the band The Epidemics? No, I never I, heard I, The I, Epidemics either. That was like a fucking crusty punk rock band. I played drums for as well. You played drums for a crusty punk rock With, band. Uh, Ryan Garrett was the lead singer. No way. Yeah. Dude, if okay, if any of Tony's I Chicago was like the least punk rock guy in the band, I had the least amount of patches for sure. If if any of the Chicago fam are <laughs> listening, we need recordings of Die Bastard Die and the Epidemics. We need that shit. So Skibbs, Gene Skibbins, our producer, see if you can hunt that shit down. I, I Adam, doubt it. Fucking somebody's got to have some. Did you did Epidemics record anything? Epidemics might have something out there. Did Die Bastard Die, like, record this one show? I, I think Die Bastard Die might have had, like, maybe one cassette that was, like, a four-track player cassette that doesn't play on regular cassette players, you know? I've got a four-track. Well, that was houses ago. And also those tapes in that machine have been gone for at least 20 years. You if know? anybody has any, Damien? Damien? No, not 20 years. I'll bet, I'll bet Damien knows where it is. Not die bastard die, yeah. So that that band it was uh, uh <laughs> it was me and my uh, my best friend Gunner, who's a classical guitar player, an but, amazing classical guitar yeah. player. But um, <laughs> an average punk rock guitar player, you know, like he didn't play with a, a pick. punk rock guitar player. Yeah. yeah, he uh he was fucking really good at classical guitar and finger picking, and then you put a pick in his hand and make an electric guitar, and he's like, what the fuck is this thing? Why do you play like this? You know, but. 
you know, we're teenagers and we started the band Die Bastard. Actually, it was our the, the lead singer's name was uh, fuck, can't remember his name. Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Sean Kowalski. Sean Kowalski. No, he was this big heavy set like uh, Mexican dude. Was, oh, was, Leonard Kowalski. Le- Leonard Kowalski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His brother. Yeah, he, he was the voice that went, <laughs> which sounds like a fucking Volkswagen, an old Volkswagen <laughs> idling. Like and the other, the other lead singer was the <laughs> screamer, you know. And our songs were like five seconds long, thirty second long songs, you know. <laughs> Still crying after Kurt Cobain after all these years. Just face it, he's fucking dead. Songs were terrible. I played in a uh, mud. His name was fucking mud. That his was name it. was his name was mud. He, he loved going by vamp. Vamp. His name was Mud. We were in a power violence band when we were in high school together, and it was fun. <coughs> I think it was a big Primus fan too. But uh, his favorite band was Anal Cunt. Yeah, yeah, and he's the one who came up with the. He came up with all the lyrics for the band. <laughs> is it a corn or is it a nut? Baghdad is your mama. <laughs> Weird guy. I had a I had a power violence band for a minute. It was called Blasphemous Erection. Nice. And uh, we only had one rehearsal and one song, and it was called "Fuck the People's Fair." <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard of this song. And it was just like, I hate people and I hate fairs, so why would I want to go there yeah. to the, the People's, people's fair. fair? Five dollar beers. Oh, John's up queers. <laughs> Me on a stick. Finger paint my dick. Finger paint my dick. Finger paint my dick. Finger paint my dick. Dude, it was so fucking dumb. I loved Spaz, though. Like, I thought Spaz was the coolest. <laughs> that Die Bastard Die Band, we bought... We had a buddy, Bela, in Chicago, and uh, still, still his buddy. And I, Hi there. Hey. My name's Bela. Hey, Bela. <laughs> Bela Farkas. But uh, he worked at a Halloween My store. My mind, Farkas, is on Balin. <laughs> Balin, hi. Balin, wait. Yeah, I'm Balin. Things pretty much all day. Uh, yeah, he worked at a... It's my mind, Farkas. <laughs> <laughs> it's my name. That's my mind, Farkas. I mostly focus on bailing. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. That was very rude. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I got plenty of things to do. Uh, so what do you say we jump into some news? Let's jump into some boop de boop boop ba doop ba doop. All right. News time. You know, we should really stop calling this news and just call it the 10 or 15 minutes where we repeat ourselves over and over again. Every week? Yeah, we pretty much just like like say the same stuff and then like update the information a little bit. Oh, wait, that's what the news does. That's what, yeah, that's what, that's what being in a band is. Well, and that's what, being, that's what being a journalist is. You're just repeating stuff over and over again and giving people, like, more information as it comes in. It's like, it's like oh, my bladder's full, and, and I feel like I need to take a pee. Okay, well, I'm involuntarily peeing down my leg now, and, and now it's, like, dribbling on the ground. Folks, I peed myself just now, and it's dribbling on the ground, and it's watering the grass, and it looks like some slugs are eating it. That's, that's what being. <laughs> a journalist is. Why are the slugs eating your pee? Because it's salty. Oh, slugs hate salt. Wait, so can you pee on slugs and snails and they'll be like, ah! 
Ah! Show's over. Let's go find out. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what the difference between a slug and a, and a porcupine is? What? Slugs hate salt, and porcupines love it. So you could pee on a tree, and a uh, porcupine would actually chew up the bark because it's got the salt in the urine. And it's something you have to watch out for. It causes a lot of damage to the trees, and, and the Park Service recommends that you don't— you Was that in the Boy Scout pee. handbook? Yeah, it was, actually. They were like—actually, <laughs> when I was at Boy Scouts, they told us not to pee on the trees. They're like, they're like, you can pee in the water, you can pee in the grass, you can pee in any of these other places, but don't pee on the trees because then the porcupines will come and gnaw on the trees and it'll kill the trees. And you heard that a lot, apparently. Well, no, you only need to hear it once to remember it. Because and you go, ha, 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 porcupines eat pee. <laughs> Well, how you, hilarious is it that an uh, an animal with as many pee sounds associated with it also eats pee? It's like <laughs> porcupines have prickly uh, have prickly points on their body, and they love to eat pee, which is dried on ponderosa pines. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. How hilarious is that? So how about the news? Oh, the news, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, November 6th, tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm going into the studio tomorrow. You're not voting tomorrow? I already voted. I know. I already voted, and... uh, So did I. I already think I got a bunch of stuff wrong. Yeah. So that's voting for you. But this is what I have to say. Despite the fact that voting is kind of a silly ritual, at the same time, it's really not that hard to do. And I kind of view it as— and a lot of people have fought very hard to get the right to do very it. Very hard for it. And here's the other thing. At worst, it's a census. At worst, it tells the people in power what you think about shit. It, you're counted. So— it's fucking incredibly easy to do. You might as well do it. I didn't do it for years. I've started doing it again because what the hell, man? It's worth a shot. I I, I can participate and not be such a fucking uh, not not be such a cynical asshole all the time. You know what so I mean? Be an I'm a nihilist, but I'm an optimistic nihilist. You know what I mean? I think it's I think it's important to participate in the in the futility and silliness of it all. Of life, that is, of the universe, of society. Yeah, this is news, by the way. Yeah, the news section, <laughs> November six. So I'm going up to Evergroove tomorrow. So by the time this gets released, uh, which will be like will, almost two weeks from now, because I will the, have wanted to change my solos by then. Yeah, you'll have wanted to change your solos. I will hate everything that I recorded, but we'll have a badass record, almost done. Parker's going in uh, in December, I think December 6th, to go finish up some of his stuff. We got a really great keyboardist. Uh, this dude, Will, is coming in. I saw some Instagram stories of him getting rehearsed up for some of his parts, so we're really excited to see that. We, of course, had Vaughn McPherson from Space and Time yeah, on uh, on a badass recording of How Big Is the Song along with the Ruckettes. It's, that is definitely our biggest sounding song on the record, yeah. I would say for sure. That's our Bohemian Rhapsody moment. That's one that people that's are going to love a lot, yeah. but then they're going to hate it, and they're going to be like, I'm just going to say it. Because we're pretty much queen now. How Big Is the Sun is fucking stupid. I'm just 
just gonna say that, 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 speaking of that movie they uh they had the part where they're they're creating uh, Night at the Opera Bohemian Rhapsody you know, we have to get experimental and they start swinging a speaker from the middle of the room and, and like they're just chasing it with a microphone trying to get a swinging sound of the speaker he said he said we've got to get experimental yes that's exactly what he said I told you it was cheesy yeah like yep. a little too much. Six out of ten. Yeah. I stick by the six. Six out of ten. I'd say six out of ten is still worth watching. Well, it gets it gets an automatic three or four points just for being full of Queen music. That was right. Badass. It gets an automatic boost for that. Um, December eighth, playing with Fist Fight, Hydroform, uh, Fist Fight, and Hydroform at. Lost Lake, Denver on Colfax. They just played a show with Sulphur at the Oriental. The, the Slipknot tribute. Mm-hmm. How was it? Do you know? Wasn't there. Looks like, like they had a good crowd. Um, yeah, man. They're, they're, kind of, they're kind of like the us of active rock. What's active rock? The fuck active is rock active is rock? like, yeah, right on, man, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're metal, but they're like, they're like, uh, very Pantera in actually active rock is the wrong word. Active rock is like like puddle of mud and shit like that. Like these guys the are like talking about. These guys are like angry like angry like hardcore metal type it's, it's of stuff. Pretty much power slop. Pretty much power slop. Yeah, it's like a mix between metal and you know, it's got some punk and it's got some like jazz. It's, it's like slop. rock. It's but it's slop. like heavy rock. No, they're a badass band. I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to playing with them. Um, and Hydroform too. That's going to be a really big show. But they're like uh, they're like an angry us. You know what I mean? Just like performance wise. Oh really? Yeah. They're well, their cool. Name is Fist Fight. Yeah. Their name is Fist Fight. They're cool, man. And we're called Lovey Dovey Pillow Band. Love the Lovey Dovey Pillow Band on tour now yeah. with their latest hit. I want to snuggle you all night long. Get it, Johnny? I want to snuggle you all night long. I want to snuggle you all night long. When we wear our silk pajamas, it's so comforting, I know, that you're sleeping there beside me with your open hatchback dough. Oh! You know, like the long johns with the open hatch in the back? Because it's a song about pajamas. All right, how about you be the singer and, and songwriter of the band? <laughs> It's now. a hit. It's a hit, I tells you. It's a hit. What was it? The Lovey Dovey Pillow Band? That's <laughs> a great fucking band name. Dude, do you, did, did I ever tell you my idea about putting certain songs in the comic series, like releasing them under oh, yeah. pseudonyms? Yeah. And then coming out with a whole record based on those, well, <laughs> those dude, shitty backgrounds. The Lovey Dovey Pillow Band? That's fucking great, dude. <laughs> the Lovey Dovey Pillow Band. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, January 26th, we're playing with Hank Von Hell. And Against, Against the, grain. the Grain is on this tour. We're so fucking stoked about that. I talked to Rob Nowak. Um, they're going to be on the show. Like yeah, they're on uh, the same tour. Well, no, I mean, they're going to come on uh, the podcast. Oh, word? Yeah. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Uh, what else? Oh, the Dirty Fuse on that too. We haven't done a show oh, with the Dirty Fuse yet, tight. dude. It's That's a, a great show. It's a stack bill. There's people flying in from all over. all over the country, so we should try and release something for that show. Uh, release plan for the spring? 
Front Lines of Good Times, Chapter 2, Part 1, Chapter 2, illustrated by Jake Fairley, written by yours truly, is going to be out very soon. He's been sending us um, some inkings for some of the first pages. You can see some of those early drawings on uh, Jake Fairley's page or uh, by checking out our Patreon at patreon.com slash mfruckus. And uh, stay tuned for a European tour next fall. That's coming up. It's going to be a burner. We're really excited about it. It's going to be a burner. Uh, Yeah. Shout out to our sponsors, Matula Plumbing. Matula! Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Matula Plumbing in Des Plaines, Illinois. Tell Jerry that the boys sent you. Nug Nation Studio is here in Denver, Colorado. Ounce for ounce, the best homegrown comedy in years. Check them out on thenugnation.com. Um, man, I, so one of the new things that we're working on is the guy who like books the talent for Potty Talk, like the Bong Burgundy uh, little uh, bit that I do, yeah. the little piece that we do, segment and whatever. Um, he hit me up and he's like, hey, just start sending me a list of people that you want to interview on the show. And I'm just going to start contacting people. So I just gave him this huge list. Like, I was like, oh, I can make wish lists for people I'd like to have on the show all day. Because most of the people he brings on are rappers. You know, he brought on, he brought on Nappy Roots and Scotty ATL and was trying to bring in Futuristic and Dizzy Wright. And those guys are all awesome. Brought in, I think he brought in Jaron Benton. Those guys are all awesome. Uh, at the same time, like, I want some rock and roll dudes in there. So I'm like, we should get Mac Pike from Sleep. We should get Dean Ween. We should get Matthew McConaughey and Seth Rogen <laughs> and Will Ferrell as Ron Burgundy talking with Bong Burgundy, you know? <laughs> like, so I'm really hoping a bunch of these uh, go through. I, I sent him this huge list, dude. I'm really excited about it. That sounds good. Evergroove, Stuvi- Stu- Evergroove Studio in... Evergreen, Colorado, solar-powered, so fucking rocking, uh, hands-on uh, producing engineers in the middle of the tranquil, is it Black Mountain? Shadow Mountain? Anyway, the fucking mountains of Evergreen on Shadow Mountain Road. Black Mountain Road? Shadow Mountain Road? Black Mountain Road. It's either way, there is a Shadow Mountain and a Black Mountain. You're at the intersection of Shadow Mountain and Black Mountain. Yeah. That is like... The most metal place I can think of to do a record. Check it out. Go check out Evergreen yeah. Studio. Tell Brad and Jenny we sent you. Uh, that's where we film our episodes of Motherfucking Monday uh, on our YouTube channel, MF Ruckus TV. Uh, it's where we're doing our new album, The Front Lines of Good Times. It's where we did the Trump Boogie with the Nug Nation. Yeah. Like, we've done a bunch of fucking shit up there, man. Uh, yeah, check them out. Evergroove Studio. Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, where we're heading next to start rehearsing these songs and uh, get ready to drop these fucking things. Uh, man, all you got to do is show up, plug in, jam for a little bit, and go your separate ways. We usually meet up at Larimer Lounge, have a couple beers with Mike over there. and uh, About to do that right now. Yeah, about to go do that right now. Uh, let's see. Flipside Music, down on a coma. Uh, here in, uh, I think they're in either Englewood or Denver. They're in Denver. Denver, Colorado. Ike's the fucking man. 
boutique uh, pedals, guitars, uh, amplifiers. Just a really you badass make a place. Trip down there next Monday. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna. Oh shit! I'll be in New Orleans. I need to buy a guitar soon, and I need to buy some pedals soon. I think I'm gonna go. I want to talk to you about this. What are you thinking? Just for recording purposes. Okay. Just for well, let's 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 find out where you need to start. <laughs> just for demo purposes. Is it something that you're just trying to plug into your computer? Like or? like into an interface and be able to write songs. Do you want it to be electric or acoustic? I have an acoustic with a pickup on it, but I kind of want an electric one, like a decent electric one, to be able to I don't know, just do different things with than I can do with an acoustic guitar. There's like 17 guitars in my house. Is there really? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk. Yeah, you can at least hold on. Uh, our sure. latest sponsor, Tony Lee Wilburn, <laughs> just gave us this beautiful guitar. Actually, uh, the guitar you can hold on to, I bought from Skibbs. Oh, really? Yeah, that... that hey, shout out to Gene Skibbins, our producer extraordinaire. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Love you, Skibbs. I bought that, uh, that Gretsch orange hollow body. Off of him. Are you serious? You're yeah. going to like let me hold on to a guitar to play with? Don't fuck it up. But yeah, I won't fuck it up. If you want to. I won't fuck it up. And uh, That's badass. Thank you, Tony. You get like a, you get yourself 100 bucks and go to Guitar Center. You get those little... Uh, little interface. Interface yeah. digitech things, you know? You Actually, all- I have some ideas that I wanted to talk with you about, about how it's going to go down when you move back home. This is something we should talk... Uh, like, let the listeners know. Is like... This band... Above all, we're like our mindset is how can we make it work? How can we figure out how, how to do this? Tony has moved back home. This will be the second time Tony has come out and gone back. And rather than going Yeah, you guys should try Chicago. How about that? How about that? Hey, I love you, buddy. <laughs> you little rascally dude. Yeah, you're, you're, you're your silly ideas. You're better than me. You're better than me in so many ways. <laughs> You're better than me at guitar. You're a better person than me. That's just a fact. You're a much you're a much more ethical. You're a much more likable person than I am. You have a you, everything about you really is just so much better than me, oh, including including on. your willingness and level of commitment oh, that led you to move to on. Denver twice. Go on. Seriously. Oh, seriously. Go on. Everybody knows that you're literally my better half. Oh, yeah. You're my better half. Dude, you're engaged. <laughs> yeah, you, but she's my better whole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> W-H-O-L, pervert. <laughs> she's my better whole. See, this is something that I, this is something that I, I, I tell Sarah. And, and I, think, I think it's difficult. Like, musicians that are in relationships... I think sometimes it can be d- difficult to communicate that, like, like there's there's this, like, competition, sort of, like, the band is an adversary. And I used to kind of think of it that way. You know, when I was younger, it was like, quit trying to stop me from doing this thing. It's like, here's the band, here's you. They're separate. But now that I've gotten older and I'm in, like, a really good relationship, it's like, I tell her it's it's not, it's not... The band over you or you over the band. It's like the band is this thing I do, and then you you are the universe that encompasses all of it. Like you're like like you, my relationship is a 
is the field, the big blanket upon which everything else I do rests. You know what I mean? It's the foundation for me being the best version of myself. Hmm. Does that make sense? You know, like if you were if you were to draw a picture of the best version of yourself, right? Your relationship is the page upon which that is drawn. It is everything it like everything rests upon it. You know what I mean? I think so. Like I would it's, just say it's just part of you. It's well it's like it's like the force, man. The force. It's the force. It runs through everything. Just like Love, man. It's the it's the thing that it's the thing that flows through everything. Not to sorry, I spent probably spent a little too long up at the hippie hot springs no this shit. weekend. I'm very relaxed. Put your dick away. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the motherfucking dick cast. <laughs> well, we're casting dicks left and right. <laughs> casting di- dicks. Um and hey, last but not least, on on our sponsors, but most important, in fact, absolutely, uh, the the people who back us on Patreon.com/slash/mfruckis. Um, we have been having so much fun sharing our work with you guys and showing you behind the scenes stuff and and getting your feedback on on some of the things we're doing. And and man, it's just it's been so fun having this like I don't know having this like patron artist relationship with a group of people it man, it really means a lot I, I i never imagined anything like that like it it's incredible it feels like the kiss army it does feel like the kiss army and i'm peter chris <laughs> you're more ace freely than peter chris yeah actually who would be ace freely in our band i don't know who would be gene simmons okay i'd be gene simmons yeah just because you Parker make, just would you be make Paul Stanley. Calls. Because you make all the phone calls. Parker would be Paul Stanley. Okay, yeah. Because he talks like this. Yep. Logan Logan would probably be Ace Freely. And you and Ty could split Peter Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I don't give a shit. Uh, hey, can I play a song for you? Yeah, this is monolith time, isn't it? Yeah. You want to take a quick break and then uh, and come back? Okay. So, like I said, I went uh, I went to North County and got to do some shows with uh, with my other band, Monolith, and got to see my buddies and got to see a, a bunch of old friends from. From the area. What's, what's North County exactly? So North County is like the northern part of San Diego. Like it's like where Carlsbad and Oceanside and and um oh god, what else? Um it just say San Diego. Yeah, I mean it's technic like San Diego it's in the San Diego area. Like you know, it's like what Pomona is to Los Angeles. You know, it's a town, but it's within that area. Anyway, I spent most of the time in, like, San Marcos and Oceanside and, and whatnot. And it's this correspondence project that I have with uh, Doug Walker, who used to be in The Hookers, that's been kind of an on-and-off relationship for the past, you know, several years. And uh, I went out there and did the first show with them that I've done in a while, and it was just a ton of fun. And... Um, I want to play the first song. Are you on this one? 
Yeah, I am on this. I'm the only one who's on the recordings. Oh, really? Yeah, Keith. Um, Keith was their live singer for a while, but they never did uh, another record with uh, Keith McIntosh in the band. Well, how about that? Yeah. So this is the first song Doug and I ever wrote together. This is the first song he ever sent me, and the first song I ever wrote lyrics for. Um, and it's my it's my favorite song. I seem to remember you writing this stuff because actually. it's about the Ralph Bakshi movie. Wizards, like have you ever seen Cool World or mm-hmm. Fire and Ice or uh, Heavy Traffic's another one? Nope. Heavy Traffic's awesome. Um, or just wait for me to say or, I didn't know it. Or the awesome or the is. animated or the animated um, Lord of the Rings. No, definitely. You ever not. seen that? Okay, that's Ralph Bakshi. He's an awesome animator from the seventies and eighties. Uh, yeah. So this song is about my favorite Ralph Bakshi movie. Uh, called Wizards, and this song is called War of the Twin Wizards, or I think it's just under Twin Wizards. So here it is in three, two, one. Doug's a really cool guitar player. This is his project, and then he's got and then he's got a bunch of projects. Like he fills in with a lot of bands, but this is his baby. Bang my head to it, and I, I enjoy it. But I don't know as a singer, I, I tell you, I say, I say, how about you sing in this kind of register? You don't like my voice, dude. I can't sing like this full time. It's fucking hard. I thrashed my voice making this record. It was a fun record. Man. Dude, this was years ago. This is before I even stopped drinking. I You'll stop being such a pussy about your singing, boys. I do love this song. It's a fun one. This is all, this is all written about that cartoon. That's a cool riff. He's a master wristman. 
the one thing I will say about the Monolith Records, both of them, is because it was my first correspondence project, um, I didn't really know how to go about the correspondence recording. I didn't know what I know now. You know, I didn't have rap. So I went out and I recorded everything on the two albums, respectively, in like two to three to four day trips. This record, I wrote 99% of the lyrics at Doug's kitchen table the night before we went to the studio. Um, this song I had written well in advance. I was gonna say, I remember this song. I had it up. Yeah. No, this. This one, I, I really took a lot of time to write. But and then also, I find that vocal production is something you really have to push for with engineers. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a certain idea and how it should sound, I, I, I think that many studios are reluctant to really wet up your vocals a lot with a lot of processing, unless you go in and you specifically instruct them to get the yeah, you you have to be vocal about it. So that's uh, that's Twin Wizards by Monolith. Um, yeah, that was a fun record. That was a fun record. Um, well, shit, man. It's getting cold in here anyway. Yeah, it's getting cold in here. We got to go to the Larimer Lounge for for pre beers. For pre for pre beers. Thank you so pre beers and pre beers. Pre beers. Uh. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. Thanks for calling. Thanks for telling a friend. Um, we got some fucking cool ass guests planned coming up very soon. Our yep. former guitar player Tay Hamilton is going to be on the show. Uh, we've been talking to Jim Norris from Mutiny Information Cafe. We've been talking to Joshua Finley. Uh, I've been talking to Jerry Cass, our former guitar player, about being oh, on cool. the show. So uh, man, we got a bunch of stuff planned coming on down the line. If Thanks your band's is, coming through, give us a call. Yeah, if your band's coming through, let, dude, you know. We should have fucking fawns on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks for telling a friend. I'm Aaron. I'm Tony. And we out. Hey, guys. This is Aaron. Uh, I totally forgot to even reference the one for the homies uh, segment in this episode. So um, in this week's one for the homies, we're going to close out the show with a track by uh, some buddies of mine from North County, San Diego, California. Really great band, um, doing a lot of really cool festivals and doing some really awesome stuff. Uh, and I play in Monolith with uh, their guitar player, Jerry Bliss. Um, I want to give a shout out to all the dudes from that band. This is uh, the great Electric Quest from San Diego, California on the motherfucking podcast.
Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime.